Welcome to Ismini's a podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who only paints with his nose hairs. Josh Hemo. I gotta do something with him. Yeah, they're so long and yeah. so bushy. Might as well use them for good, right? Now I'm really self-conscious. That's okay. <laughs> um, and we're also joined with what some people would call the liver of our podcast. <laughs> William Seabrook. Nice. Um, we are three for three on guests, Josh. Oh, this is unheard of. It's kind of amazing. Although this is kind of cheating because this is Shh, Anna from last week's <laughs> boyfriend. So whatever. It it's works. It's fine. It's a two for one. This you is, know, this is professionalism. Yeah. Uh, finest. It's like you get an Anna, you come with a will, right? It's Perfect. Just, it's like <laughs> we'll take it. Buy one, get one. Solid. Yeah, because I just re- <laughs> I just referenced buying Anna. That's bad. I'm sorry, Anna. <laughs> Wherever you are. AKA sitting three feet away from me, <laughs> hating on me. Um, no, but um, so Will, tell us a little bit about your um, your SpongeBob secrets that you know, or do you have any? Are you actually a SpongeBob noob, a secret noob? We I'm don't not know. a SpongeBob noob. I've, I've seen it before. I've, I always watched it at my grandparents' house, and that, that's why I remember uh, watching all the episodes and sort of remembering the change of quality of SpongeBob, and that's how I realized there were like different seasons because like. The, they would look different and then eventually I, I, I came back to it later in life and i was like oh wow it's really different now but i've, I've always watched it always appreciated it so have you seen the new ones yeah like some of the newer newer ones oh. so Ooh. other than us yeah yeah we yeah. stopped a long time ago <laughs> yeah but this is why we started this journey and let's all go on a journey <laughs> boom i'm doing good at my segues let's all start on this journey we are Talking about SpongeBob, giving you small life lessons, and this week we are doing season three, episode ten, wet painters and crusty crab training video. Act one, wet painters, which I think is just a weird episode title, but whatever. Um, it's a super slow day at the Krusty Krab in this act, and SpongeBob and Patrick are wasting time <laughs> trying to hurt themselves apparently, and so Mr. Krabs gives them a super special secret assignment. And it's painting his house. But the catch is he tells them that this paint is super permanent and will never, ever come off. So they freak out because they tried to paint this house without, you know, ruining any of Mr. Krabs' wonderful decor. So to start things off, I want to ask, would you hire, we'll start with Will. Would you hire SpongeBob and Patrick to paint your house? I think I would. I would trust them to, to do a creative job. I would make sure that I would give them relatively like strict parameters because I, f- I feel like they could go crazy but mm-hmm. i also know that it's not going to be something that is going to be more traditional but it's probably going to be a more unique piece mm-hmm. and make it like a statement wall god so i, I think you're giving them one wall not the whole house yeah, yeah i think i would make it like an art an art piece so like like do your work do your thing and then and whatever that means to them they can sort of go go forth that's actually very. It's yeah. a very smart way to go about it. Yeah. Okay, Josh, tell us your dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd hire SpongeBob and Patrick. I'd like if I had everyone at the Krusty Krab at that moment, I would go for Squidward. I'd ask mm. Squidward to paint my house. I think he'd be very meticulous, meticulous about it, and like probably do a pretty decent job. He's an artist. But then you're True. stuck with SpongeBob and Patrick at those Krusty Krab wasting time. I mean, I don't think anyone's really working that day anyways. <laughs> we'll put Patrick as as a cashier and then SpongeBob's still back there. And plus Squidward has all of his tentacles. So then he's able to, to paint exactly. more more like more efficiently. Genius. Mm. I would have just not hired them ever. I would have been like, nah, 
go home. <laughs> I don't have to pay you if you go home. I'll go get some professional painters to do this. Yeah. Although that is very weird paint that it comes off with saliva. Although I have had, you know how like sometimes you like have like shit on your finger or something? Yeah. Not literal shit, like. Do you lick the shit off your finger? Yeah. That's, nice. that's exactly <laughs> what I was trying to say, Josh. Nailed it. No, how you have something on your finger or your hand and then you like, you know, lick your thumb and you try to like wipe it off or whatever. And it just somehow works better than just like washing your hands. Mm -hmm. I'm always amazed at like how often I get Sharpie off like that, but I can't get off Sharpie by like scrubbing with major commercial brand soaps. Yeah. The saliva is like good for certain things. I think uh, I learned in costume construction class in like freshman year of college that actually when it, when an actor gets blood on their own clothes, they like their own blood they use their saliva like your own saliva counteracts your own blood somehow from leaving a stain or something like that that's crazy right so then you just like have a large vials of the person's saliva basically just spit on the clothes over and over again (laughs) (laughs) hey josh i plan on murdering you later can you spit in this (laughs) jar roll for me so that way (laughs) a large (laughs) mason jar with everyone's names and saliva (laughs) on it Oh, this is what happens in case i need to murder so-and-so and and -and so-and-so that way i don't get the blood out of my carpet That's very good to know, Fun Josh. facts. Fun facts, <laughs> saliva uh, protection. Um, do you think it's possible to cut off someone's butt and mount it to a wall so without killing them? Is that including like the pelvis bones or just like the gluteus? Just like, the muscles? Cheeks. So then it was just muscles, but including like the fabric of like the actual pants as well, which I feel like it's a very challenging cut, which then yeah. leads me to question what kind of saws does Mr. Krabs have downstairs or whatever things. Claws. Oh, <laughs> of course. So he just takes one sniff. So actually, it'd be really easy. So it would it would be possible? He just takes one sniff from both of his claws, and it's done. I need claws like Mr. Krabs. Right. <laughs> Instead of clapping them cheeks, I cut them cheeks. <laughs> How thick are SpongeBob and Patrick? Oh, well, we know Patrick is dumb thick. Sponge, uh, SpongeBob's definitely got that flat butt. He got that. He got no booty. Yeah, but it's okay. Still made a nice plaque. It's still a booty. How how long do you think that Mr. Krabs have had those plaques for? Like, he just pulled them out. Do you think he made them for that occasion, knowing that he was going to scam uh, SpongeBob and Patrick to paint his house? Or do you think he just has plaques of people's butts ready to go? I think I think it's the second one. I you feel so? like he just has them. He just, like... So it makes sense that his claws are meant for cutting off butts, though, right? Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would make sense because he always wants to get people to be motivated, so then he'll do that for money. So then to motivate someone, he'll be like, or else get your butts. And so then he just shows them the plaque, and they're like, oh, shoot, you got my, my butt plaque. Like, I got to work <laughs> I got harder. It's like, excellent. <laughs> nice. Uh, but let's flip that around. What would you do if you had your butt removed from you? <laughs> Although, like, Stand. I would argue that... I don't think we all have like the most bodacious booties. I will, well, I haven't taken a good look at your butt. I've only known you for a couple days. Yeah, but, nothing uh, to look at. <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not working with much here. But uh, so, what would you do with no butt? Probably stand a lot. Yeah. Or you get think, or get you... like cushions put in my jeans and shorts and stuff like uh, that. Yeah, butt yeah. implants. Butt implants. Yeah. But like those scary ones that like accidentally are turned into cement later. Oh, you heard of that? No. There's like people who go to Brazil or like other countries to get like butt implants but then it ends up being like literal like, it'll cement. harden <laughs> or like something crazy will happen Yo. it's kind of scary but that. a lot of people because you know our our healthcare isn't the best but it's also like they just want butt nice implants butts. they go someplace cheap and uh huh. sometimes you get what you pay for get cement. that rock hard booty yeah. <laughs>
what would be an advantage of having no butt though like like be able to slip through the subway in different areas quicker like take up less without space. having a butt or yeah, having one without without having a butt like you you'd, you'd take up I, less space think... maybe you would run faster because you're lighter but then you wouldn't have like the butt muscles to, like, to i don't know if there is really an advantage i feel like there's a lot more disadvantage than there is having advantage for not yeah, having the only a butt. advantage i could have is like maybe i can make people feel bad for me like don't look <laughs> at me I have no butt. don't pity me Get a Kickstarter, oh no, a GoFundMe. Yeah. Get Omar a new butt. Then I get famous. I that's viral true. video. That's the advantage. You, you, exploit the fact that you have no butt. Use it to get a viral video. Get your GoFundMe funded. Then DJ Khaled or Drake see you, and then they become friends with you, and then you get on one of their albums, and then you coast from there. Nice. Or or DJ Mixalot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Mixalot will do that. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I got like, he no got, butt. I got Omar a butt. <laughs> I got Omar a butt. That's charity work. Take that off of taxes. Yeah. There you go. I don't know how taxes works, but I think it feels right. <laughs> Something like that. Whatever. Um, so I want to talk about um, Squidward's uh, basically hazing of Patrick and SpongeBob, right? I think it's so funny how he tells him, like, you have to hurt you like, in order for the ritual to work. Like, it's a ritual that he tells them you have to do. You have to hurt yourselves. And they believe him, but... I guess it worked for him, but I think it's even more surprising that SpongeBob's wasting patties in order to do this. Like that's something I wouldn't suspect SpongeBob to be doing. Yeah, I mean, like they gotta be bad patties. I hope. I mm. trust that SpongeBob's a good enough employee that those patties were not meant for human consumption. Well, it's good we really talked up this ritual. Like, yeah, he, really he could. I do see a universe where they're like, okay, you sacrifice two patties to to get customers, which is arguably more important at the Krusty Krab. Yeah, I feel like it's like. Money, secret formula, and then customers. In that order. Yeah. Because, like, sense. maybe, like, customers jumped with money because they are money. You know what I'm saying? To Mr. Yeah. Krabs. But it's one of those things, like, I don't I don't see SpongeBob, like, willy-nilly wasting patties like that. And also, I think it's crazy how Mr. Krabs recruits Patrick randomly to do work when he does not work at the Krusty Krab at all. He just gets, like... Like a two for one deal. On I was wondering, how often is Patrick at the Krusty Krab that he always gets roped into these things? I mean, he does have a Krabby Patty at three AM, Josh. So, so <laughs> yeah, so probably pretty often. But then also, what Every does a, what does a slow day look like? Because if he is there so often, is he only there on slow days, or are slow days only something that happens like once in a blue moon or in a blue ocean? Maybe if they can't see the moon, <laughs> depending. So I, I'm sort of curious what that like looks like, and if they know it's slow and how I like, guess it's been slow the whole day. Is Mr. Krabs just like super upset then? Because I feel like if, if it is slow, then you'd be more angry. So then they would want like the ritual to work like faster. Hmm. I know. Like we definitely have seen slow days in the past, and I never know because like since they don't show like shots of the actual Krusty Krab, it's like you only know it's a slow day if they say it's a slow day today. Yeah, or there's like no customers around, or it's like old dusty or whatever is what we've seen in the past. I don't really know. I don't know. It's another moral conundrum that we will have to revisit Un at another time. Unravel. <laughs> or what do you do when there is a slow day at work? Do you have rituals? Or do you, yeah. or do you just... I mean, at my haze, keep, apparently keep you haze the other employees. Yeah. That's what you do. I felt like I was getting hazed when I, when I worked at a restaurant and there I was like, oh, it's kind of slow. I got nothing to do. Then my manager would come out and he'd be like, well, it's time for you to wipe the windows in the front then. And I'm like... Cool, but the worst part is like the place I used to work for was so cheap, they wouldn't give us paper towels to wipe. They would just like use the free newspapers that they bring by. Are you serious? So I would be cleaning the wow. the windows with this free like newspaper, and then it makes your like hand black. 
and then you spit on your hand. And that's like you clean it's gone. it. <laughs> Full circle. And then I would go serve people food with my <laughs> spit hands. No, I wouldn't do that. I washed my hands. I was a good employee. I was the best employee. You don't have to lie. It's years later now. No, I was <laughs> one of the best employees there, I would say. And I would argue the best employee if I was actually old enough to bartend anything. But that I think that's what lowers me in the rankings. Was you weren't able to serve alcohol. Because I was able to serve it okay. at a point, but I wasn't able to create. I couldn't pour a beer. Just uh, <laughs> not legally. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Hey. <laughs> So I have a question for both of you. Yes. Um, all that stuff in Mr. Krabs' house. We know that Mr. Krabs is prone to stealing. We have seen him. And hoarding. S- and hoarding. So do you think those items are stuff that he's hoarded or do you think it's stuff he's stolen? Because a lot of those were like pictures of just like random people that I've never seen like talk about like relation wise or anything like that. So I do want to bring up that he has a frame. Oh, there's two things that happen in this episode in Mr. Krabs' house that really freak me out. The fact that Patrick is the one who shows the title cards, like the one hour later, two hour later, yeah. and he's like, oh, hurry up, I'm running out of, title, uh, out of cards. And then that the painting from the intro is also in Mr. Krabs' house. Yes. So that like bridges the gap between, uh, like it breaks the fourth wall between viewer and whatever. So it makes me... Also going out the last episode, the same thing, some type of existential crisis, crisis where I'm like, okay, does Mr. Krabs own the painting in the intro? And when the painting sings the intro, is he from Mr. Krabs's house? And then also anytime the French narrator says something, is Patrick aware of it? Or at least one character within the mm. whole construct aware of the narrator existing then is it patrick's story that he's telling and he and he can't and maybe it actually hasn't been four hours but patrick just can't understand time that well so oh. then he, he thinks that it's been four hours but i don't oh. have any other time yeah time cards with, uh, or yeah. whatever that's crazy is this all a figment of patrick's imagination <laughs> well another one is he, <laughs> is he the narrator has he has he been the narrator this whole time is it uh I get, no i can't say that I mean, we, we've, we've talked we've talked about like it being the figment of someone's imagination whether it's patchy or something so it makes sense that one of the characters that like aren't spongebob or like mr krabs and so like a side character which is patrick is kind of a side character would be more aware of like the time card situation and stuff if it was like patchy or something like that. And then we find in the second half of this episode, they'd mention that Mr. Krabs is in the war. We can dive that into that later. But I think that's where a lot of these items came from. I have a feeling that he like hoards them all from, from that. Like maybe they're fallen comrades. I just think it's weird that it's like a lot of pictures of like not Pearl or whatever her mother was. And we don't really know that situation or like other family members. We've seen his mom before. So it's just like all these random people. And I don't know what the significance is to him maybe there are like treasures from war or whatever but i figure like figure if it's like a bunch of knickknacks you'd want pictures of family at least right i don't know mr krabs is an enigma you know what i'm saying but we know that he likes money so maybe it's sort of like an anti-grocery situation where he's hoarding all this stuff and one day he's going to be able to sell it so like the dollarama yeah which is like very hard like I think it's funny that Patrick booed SpongeBob where he's like, Oh, I'm just hanging around. He's like, boo. But then they immediately, they had just made like a dollarama joke. And I was like, well, at least the writers know that they're making these really horrible Awful jokes. <laughs> um, but I do did relate to like when uh, SpongeBob's about to paint and he does have like that block where he's like, I'm just mentally preparing to do stuff. Cause I feel like that's how anxiety works where you're just mentally preparing to do something that is like simple. Like, 
I was so glad that Anna and Will were visiting because I had an excuse to clean the house. <laughs> so I was like, well, I got to clean the house. People are coming. Whereas if it was like, oh, Josh is going over. I'll like, I'll clean it later. <laughs> I'll wait for it. I need to mentally prepare to clean the house. And then Josh shows up and I'm in my own filth. On the couch. On the, the couch. Shades drawn. <laughs> hey, that's my natural yeah. habitat. No, but I totally get that. I mean, like, I had to, like, even to, like, go to the grocery store, which is, like, a two-minute walk from my place. I'm, like, I had to, like, talk to myself and be, like, are you good? You got to go outside. That's me with laundry. You got to go interact with people. It's going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Or even on, like, the bigger tasks of, like, okay, well, in, even if you're trying to break them down, well, okay, well, now you first have to make an outline. Well, I don't want to make the outline. And you push that back for a day or two. And then all of a sudden, you're, like, oh, I find I'll just do it. And it takes, like, 10 seconds. Yeah. You're, like, wow, this is so easy. It's, like, oh, like, get your credit card open. I'm, like, oh, all I do is call them. But, like, I've had that task just sitting there forever. And then yeah. finally, like, just dialing the number, or, like, taking the screwdriver and opening the paint can for SpongeBob. It will, it was that easy it's like oh cool it's open yeah yeah ready to go so what uh small lessons you get one that i think that one morphs into like sometimes just doing something is a lot easier than thinking about doing it which like i have a hard time with it's like a different it's still procrastination but it's not procrastination that we've seen before in spongebob it's like more like i don't want to fuck it up so i don't want to do it which they actually say that procrastination is a form of that they say like a lot of perfectionists have procrastination because mm-hmm. They know what the end result should be and they never go for it. But one other small lesson I had was just like, just hire professionals to paint your house. Then you have someone to cuss out later when they mess it up. Yeah. But what would you, uh, what'd you two get? Well, I think that if, if you don't hire professionals and you do do it yourself, then you do have to be specific and read the instructions. <laughs> and yeah. If, yeah. if all I would have seen is maybe like look at the paint can and see that it would have said like, oh, it just it goes away with saliva, then all of that worrying and all that perfectionism, which I think that SpongeBob has mm-hmm. and that he's trying to, to, to work through, probably would have like been resolved. They wouldn't have had to be so nervous and hang up on the wall and, and then and them fear for their butts when in reality it was all just sort of <laughs> this like weird sick joke yeah. at, at the end. So all they had to do was just read and yeah and, and just like go, go go through everything more specifically yeah uh, i got like if you are going to give someone a task like i think that making like a white lie like what mr Krabs did isn't the worst thing to do because mm-hmm. i think it did make them more careful and like if other than then like if they would have told them like yeah it comes off the saliva i think mr uh, spongebob and patrick would have been a lot more destructive than they actually were in the situation um, cause I've definitely done that where I give people tasks. I'm like, all right, if you do this wrong, like it's going to break or it's going to explode or something like yeah. that. Gotta tell them something very specific. Yeah. And it usually helps. <laughs> Sometimes it does help like telling them like the worst case scenario that could happen. Cause there are times where I've been like, well, if you do this wrong, it could do this. It doesn't mean that's going to happen. Like it might be a rare thing, but like, you know, you never know. It's like, especially like, I remember when we were taking that electrician class that I was in with you, Josh, I was like, Oh, I should keep one hand in my pocket because in case the electricity goes through my body, right. I don't want it to go through my heart. Stop my heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but one thing I did write down was uh, don't make things, w- don't make a bad situation worse because we definitely saw that from Patrick throughout the whole thing where he pulls out the fucking axe to open up the <laughs> hand, which first of all, why does he have an axe? Second of all, why would he think that's useful for a pain well, can? How? And then he blows up the bubble even more to like the point of. So do you think that was his plan all along? Do you think maybe Patrick is like some secret genius? Like we've seen him do like s- stupid smart things before. So maybe like this was his way of knowing like, oh, I can get the paint exactly where I need it and the molding and just all the knickknacks if I make this happen. <laughs> he's limitless. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. He's, got, he's like all drugged out. And he's like... A- on a wavelength we'll never ever understand and yeah. do we know what it 
poked on that got the bubble to then spread exactly around because mm-hmm. I think about that a lot because with with that episode specifically I'm, I think that there's probably one big fish hook that was sticking out and then the bubble hits just the right angle of the fish hook and then everything just it goes explodes. out yeah and and that was big brain Patrick knowing exactly what to do which galaxy is why. brain exactly <laughs> man I wish I was as smart as Patrick hours. sometimes yeah <laughs> Um, and the last like little lesson I got is if you're going to do like home improvement stuff, make sure that you come prepared. It's like when they brought that first little tarp, I'm like, why don't you just buy a bigger tarp? <laughs> I find that with people when they paint all the time, though, it's or like they always get different things. tarps or take down everything. Right. Why did they take everything down? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all they had to do is be prepared. And by take everything down, this whole situation could have been could have been avoided. Much easier. Right. Super duper easy. Yeah. Are you both ready for the bubble break? Always ready. Bursting with anticipation. As with every guest, uh, we want to know a little bit more about you, Will. So let us know. So that way, this, I mean, we've kind of been abusing our podcast listeners with guests, and I just feel gifting them, abusing them. I don't know. It depends. I think it's gifting. Yeah. I would like it to hope like it's abuse, a gift. but it's a gift. <laughs> yeah. It's a gift to you. Enjoy it. But yeah, just uh, let us know. I feel like I don't want our listeners to have stranger danger, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm from Wisconsin, went to school in Minnesota, and now I'm out in Washington, D.C., working for the government, doing congressional work and stuff. Exactly. So, try my best. (laughs) So, uh, well, you know all the government secrets, right? Correct. Got it. Are there aliens in Area 51? Cannot confirm, nor deny. I just want to know that he did wink at me. (laughs) Josh, you saw it. He winked at me. He said, (laughs) aliens are real. He blinked it in Morse code. I saw it. Spread the message. Why do you think all those memes suddenly went away? (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. They'll come back. Like a SpongeBob meme, they'll come back. When they actually have. They're just just lying low right now. And then they'll say, I'm a head out. And then they'll head out into the world. September 20th. We'll find the truth. (laughs) See you there. Stay tuned. (laughs) But anyways, uh, the question I have for this bubble break that I wanted to bring up is something that I think actually might open up um, our listeners a little bit is if we had to make a, I guess it's more for Josh and I, but Will, of course you can chime in. If we had to make a podcast training video, what would we include in it? Uh, I would like to think that we go cheesy, but Josh, give me your ideas. I mean, cheesy is the only way to go with training videos or else yeah. you lose their attention real quick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to think that we are like either dress up super fancy or dressed up as SpongeBob characters. Got it. Like how like SpongeBob the musical had them like in everyday wear, but they were like the SpongeBob character, something like that. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Ismain is a podcast training video. You're about to be our guest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please bring notes. <laughs> the end. That's the end of the training video. That's it. I would, Be prepared. That was it. That's really all I would have. I would have needed to feel good about that. So it's, a, it's right. Really, on. It's like a half hour video. That's it. And the rest of us is just like. <laughs> and the secret to a great podcast is. And then cuts. And then cuts. No, I do someone think, can tell us. <laughs> I do think a lot of our listeners are people who might have toyed with the idea of doing a podcast, or at least people I know who listen. They're like, "Oh yeah, I've always like thought of doing a podcast." And I do feel like one thing that's overlooked in the early stages is investing in good microphones. I feel like yeah. ours aren't super fancy, um, but I do like the idea of not starting out as weak. Well, that was like your big thing when we first started was making sure that like we had good equipment and that it sounded good. And like that's what you like strive to do with the edits and stuff. And I think it does like when you listen to other podcasts and when they first start out, it is like you're just talking to a phone basically in a big echoey room. So. Yeah. 
So, so Will, since this is your first time, is this your first time at all on a podcast? I know he, yes. you did mention a radio show that you used to do in college. Big shout out to Win Sickle, but yes, this is my <laughs> first podcast. So how now that you're on one slash you witness Anna being on one as well, what, what do you think are some tips that we should give our, our future podcast guests? What should we tell them? I was surprised how conversational it is and it isn't it's like and it's not an interview it's not you're reading off of notes it's just people hanging out talking to each other and that's the kind of content that makes it sound fun and sounds interesting so i try to tell people they're always get so worried or like you're gonna be a guest like i don't know what to do and like they come with pages and pages of notes and i'm just like it's literally just hanging out and talking yeah, like, yeah. you just need some talk as long as you watched the podcast uh, you watched the episode and you're ready for the podcast you're prepared in that way because like josh and i do have notes and I, like i look at them a lot to see like where we are and what i can bring up but it's mostly so that way there isn't like stupid dead silence for yeah. like 20 minutes <laughs> while we're like well we could talk about um uh and Krabby Patty, yeah. <laughs> like, and we usually know. don't even run into that until like the last like little bit if there's like a couple seconds left, and I think we've been pretty good about that. And it's even easier with a guest because like we can sit there and like you said, just have a conversation, and that's what's really cool about this format. I think is like it does feel just like hanging out with friends, and that's like what I get a lot of response from from people. I think that's part of probably what we put in our training video, just like. We're just having a conversation. We, we, it's just Josh a- and I would come out. We'd both get two chairs and we'd flip them around and then we'd sit down like cool kids, you know, backwards on them. And then we'd be like, you know, podcasts are just a conversation. And conversation. Then, yeah. And then that's the end of the and video. That's it. It just fades yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Some like watch 80s the, music. Watch the episode. <laughs> the whole time. The other 26 yeah. minutes is just the 80s music. I'm all in on that. A 26 yeah. man and fade is what I want. Boom. That's what we're going to do. After this, we're going to set up our podcast training video video. Check out YouTube. New <laughs> is made as a podcast. YouTube's channel. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but maybe in the Doubt future it. if we have enough money <laughs> or time or effort. Or away from the haters <laughs> act two crusty crab training video this is a very straightforward uh summary for this one because basically all it is is the training video for the crusty crab featuring spongebob uh squidward and mr Krabs. so we kind of learn the ins and outs of what it takes to be an employee at the crusty crab and at the very end we almost learn what the secret uh formula is for the cr- Krabby Patty. I want to bring that up first. So when I first watched this episode, that was the biggest disappointment and the biggest troll punk, whatever you want to call it. It was such a downer at the very end where I was like, oh, I'm gonna figure out the secret Krabby Patty formula. And then for the longest off. time, yeah. I thought it was like my like network. Shit. I was like, oh, it cut out Same. again every single time. <laughs> like, what's going on? But yeah, it was. It would drive me insane. Yeah. I. I Still watching the episode, I feel a little cheated at the end of it. Yeah. I'm like, this is this is horrifying. Definitely. 100%. 100%. A burger block. Burger block. But I, then the, the question is, is like, did, did the narrator or did someone else actually pull it out or, 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 was, or did they never actually film it? Or is, is it like in Kung Fu Panda where there is no secret ingredient? Or did Mr. Krabs do it himself and he, he, he pulled it out because he doesn't want anyone else to steal it? I could see that. I could see that, like in an editing, because sometimes I've experienced this in my own work, where you know you're filming for a client, and I've had a client where it's just like, "Oh, we're not allowed to have this logo in the back, so we got to cut it," and you're there with the footage. So, like, I like to think that somewhere whoever created the Krusty Krab training video has the actual formula. 
or they maybe it's footage they're waiting for. Who, if you watch, if so, if you're working the Krusty Krab, you watch the training video at your home, online, there in the Krusty Krab. So if it's at the Krusty Krab, then maybe when it cuts, then they like come up behind the curtain oh, and go, yeah. oh, and here's the actual formula because we don't want it on tape or written down or anything. So or like I guess it's written down, but on, on like yeah. their thing. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. I yeah. could see that. It'd be like a now. Our founder, Mr. Krabs, will come tell you the secret ingredient. Pulls back the curtain and he's there, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I kind of like that theory. It, it makes a lot more sense because I've never experienced a training video, so I don't really know. I've been trained, but never like a training video where you're like, watch this. I, I guess you could argue that I learned After Effects from Andrew Kramer, who, if you ever get a chance, anyone... You guys didn't laugh at my joke, but if if you know Andrew Kramer, that's exactly how he sounds. Oh, so like, yeah, it went over. Classic, very, it's classic a very Andrew, niche, am I right? It's a very niche reference. I just wanted to point it out so that way anyone else at home who happens to listen to Video Copilot will uh will get it. Well, I was gonna ask, like, do you think training videos work? But I guess you bring up a good point that we've talked about a lot. Is YouTube is basically YouTube, a training? Yeah, video. that's what it is now. Like, you learn skills from watching things on YouTube now. Like, I don't know. I think if you are going to make a training video, you either super lean into the fact that it's going to be campy mm-hmm. and make it like a fun thing, or you're just like, I don't think training videos really work. Yeah. I guess. I guess if you need to train a lot of people at once, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. Because then you're like, you watch the video, and now that you know it, you have like time to like process it or whatever on your own time, yeah. and then you can work now. We had it where it was for like a rights and responsibilities in the office. So you would go to a big seminar room and they would play it. And there was this very scripted person who would come out and like say what's happening in a very robotic voice. And it's yeah. like, all right, cool. But like, it doesn't really stick as much as if it's something that's more told more naturally. Or like hands on. Or- yeah. And, and like, unless you're doing it, I mean, that's how most people learn things, either by seeing it or by doing it. But usually with training videos, it's them telling what to do without actually like seeing the job done because all that's going to be like done at your desk or at the computer like yeah. you're the, this is what you're supposed to click and then do it rather than just like tell you about it yeah like what comes to mind and again i've wormed my way out of this is like traffic school mm. like sometimes you do mm. online traffic school and i know there's some of them where it's like videos and they're like what did this person do wrong and they're like oh they didn't check their mirrors and then you get out of paying whatever the fine is for yeah. your for your state or whatever but i don't know i've never experienced any training videos so that's like the one thing this the one disconnect I do feel about this, but I do love the whole fact that they have like an acronym for how people should do go about things and ordering stuff, and they're like, oh, people order our patties, and they even use it for Patrick mm-hmm. specifically. And I feel that's the most relatable part of of making like a goofy acronym that people remember. And I feel like in the consulting world and different like or areas, they always do. Don't forget to arc, and then it means something like ridiculous. Yeah. And and but then but people remember it, and and like obviously those um, acronyms and st- stuff like that works. Yeah, it's like uh, what are those called? Mnemonic, right? Devices, Where you're yeah, like trying to remember devices, it. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like those actually do work, and I think they work when they're dumb, like <laughs> like poop. Yeah, like poop. People order our pets. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> um, but I do want to bring up one very important cooking thing that they brought up in the training video was having all your ingredients organized. And I can't tell you how many cooking videos I watched where they they talk about mise en place or whatever mise en place or whatever. Like it's, it's everything in their place basically. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
And what it means is like basically something that happens a lot when you're cooking is like you're cooking, you're like, oh man, I forgot the salt. And you're like running to grab the salt. Like for me, every time I cook eggs in the morning, I never like get any like the seasonings ready. I just like start cooking the eggs and I'm like, oh, (laughs) I can run off to go grab it. But like, it's the idea of getting all that stuff ready to go before you do it. And like a lot of people have a hard time building Ikea furniture. And granted, it takes me a little (laughs) longer than most people. But like, I feel like that's one thing that really helps me is like, I actually look and say, oh, we have every single screw that we're supposed to have before I start building this thing. And get to the end. And and realize like I'm missing. Although there is one cabinet in my house that has a missing piece. But I knew that going in. I was like, well, fuck it. Yeah, it is. No one noticed. At least I hope not. not. Josh Josh (laughs) hasn't noticed and he's been here a lot. So. But um, that's something I, I really related to. Like, if you're going to cook, be very organized in the kitchen. I thought this was very solid about, like, there's a lot of the advice that it gives. And I thought, like, one of the ones I wanted to bring up was, like, personal hygiene and how mm, they talk about yeah. that. I've always wondered at restaurants and stuff. So the signs that, are, like, in the restrooms that are like, oh, and all employees must wash their hands. Who are those signs for? They're not for the employees, right? Are they there just to make me as a customer feel more at ease? That- I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's to make you feel at ease and it's also to remind employees to wash their hands or they're going to get fired to hell. And I also think it's there to cover the liability for like the mm. restaurant. So like, oh, yeah. well, if our employee didn't wash their hands, that's on them. That's not on us because we require all our employees to wash their hands. Isn't OSHA, OSHA rules, I think? Or is that some, something else? It's something where like they Well, I know say- that I think it would be under FDA, but OSHA yeah. does come into play for like, Especially like theater and safety other stuff. Yeah, yeah safety things like if like oh they're operating a forklift or stuff like that which does happen if you're in a bigger like in a warehouse situation I don't know when OSHA like starts and I guess it's always there right yeah There's, every business is supposed to have OSHA regulations of some sorts I would think right yeah. I mean I think I don't I, yeah I don't know the ins and outs specifically but I know you experience it more in like theater but I, you are working with like scene shops and stuff like you're yeah. working with dangerous like power tools and or ladders like and like climbing up a ladder a certain way <laughs> yeah. and like you know stuff like that but um one thing i do want to bring up is squidward his workstation or whatever but one thing i experienced growing up when i was working is sometimes lazy people and this was like a small lesson that i didn't get from the episode but it reminded me of is like sometimes lazy people do actually know the best way to do things because they want to cut time out of their life. So they're like, well, if I'm lazy and I do it this way because it's quicker, then I'm going to get done sooner and I can go home sooner. I feel like that's a Steve Jobs quote or something. Oh, really? Bill Gates or something. They said, "Let's." you always ask, check with the lazy person because because it'll take the least amount of time. It might not be like the right way. Yeah. But what you're doing is going to be something that that it's like like the the fastest. Yeah. And that's one thing that I, I, I have experienced where I've seen like, why do you do it this way? Oh, it's just quicker. And then you do it and you're like, wow, you're getting the same result with like a quarter of the effort. So why wouldn't I do it that way? Even if the other way is the proper way. Yeah. And then I think that's why it's important sometimes, especially in a workplace scenario, sometimes question certain policies. Like, why do we do it this way? Cause there are times where I've had people who are like, well, why can't we just film it this way? And I'm like, well, cause then you're going to run into the scenario where this happens. And then you realize, Oh, that's why we do it that way. Because then you'll miss this moment or you're not miss this moment, you know? And I think a big, like big difference is like in a creative field, that's easier to let someone like think more expressively at that. But like corporations, especially like restaurants and stuff, I think those rules are put in for again, liability stuff. Like you can't really think outside the box because if you do, you might screw over the restaurant, hurt something or whatever, you know? Although I've never seen a restaurant have a 
have a policy for facial blemishes. Right. <laughs> and there's just, if he actually just cuts it off and then it, nothing like else exposes from his nose. That's a thing that always, always got me because I was like, that's not how warts or like pimples work. Like, like there'd be like a gush, gush and gross stuff. God, like, Although like if, okay, if you could cut off your acne or facial features that you didn't like, or like some people have like skin tags or moles or stuff like that without any consequences like that, would you? Yes. Like yeah. just, but it hurt. Yeah. That's fine. You do it? Yeah. Dude, Dr. Still, Pimple Popper. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> oh, that freaks me out. I can't do Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, like, it's, it's very, very relaxing. Like I don't, I don't get you. it. It's so yeah. gross. How do you get relaxed out of it? Because there's something that's dirty and shouldn't be there, and then it isn't. It's like cleaning. It's like dusting. Do you ever like, like a good catharsis from dusting? <laughs> like go clean the baseboards? I've never heard it described this way before, but I, I completely understand what you're saying. I don't yeah. clean anything. Well, oh, well, so, you've okay. been in my home. You so know here, it's here's, not clean. Here's the one. If you're ever, this is the big thing that I always say in our family. If you're ever bored, go clean the baseboards. And and, oh, that, uh, and that's and that's how it'll, it'll take some time. It'll, it'll feel like you actually got something done, and then you'll always feel better. What? A, cl- a classic Armenian trait. Do you know what? My, my, my mom would be like, go clean the baseboards, and I always felt miserable <laughs> the entire time. It was a punishment. It yeah. was a punishment. Um, fun fact, when I was an angry teenager, I accidentally punched a hole in the wall cleaning the baseboards because what happens, I had wiped. Uh, I wiped the baseboard, but the housing we had, they had like uh, speckled paint, I guess, or like textured paint. And I ended up Popcorn. scratching my hand. And then I, oh, no. I, out of instinct, I went, son of a bitch, and like oh. smacked the wall and then put a hole in the wall. <laughs> oh, it was so bad because like normally, and I would say this is a tos- toxic masculine trait that I have now grown out of is when people get angry, sometimes they hit things. And as a teenager, I feel like you're very hormonal and that happens a lot. But this one was just literally instinct of me going like, ow, and like hit the wall. <laughs> and I put a hole in the wall. And the worst part is like, I got upset. Then I hit the wall out of anger and then I put another hole in a different oh, no. wall. It was bad. So that's another small lesson. Don't put holes in walls. <laughs> Don't hit things. There are better ways to deal with your emotions. So in, in I'm that, a prime example. In that instance, it seemed like you were being not a good person. But in the training video, they would call being not a good person Squidward. Yeah, so I would. I was a real Squidward right there. But we've used that on the podcast, though. Like, don't be a Squidward. Yeah. So, and maybe Womp subconsciously Womp. we got that from the training video. Oh, maybe. I didn't think about that. Oh, God. The I, we thought it was like an original <laughs> thought, and now it's... Just conditioning. It's, it's great. And is that just being a bad employee or is that being someone who who's just like lackadaisical or maybe slow or so just a not piece of in general? <laughs> yeah, like with Squidward, it's like very obvious that like I don't know, because I would I would argue that in other episodes he just shows like a very like get in, get out attitude, which doesn't really make you a great coworker, but can make you a very good employee. I have seen people where they're like I come in, I keep my head down, I just do what I got to do, and then I leave. Yeah. And then after I leave, I'm no longer, like, your employee or whatever. And I feel like Squidward has that mentality. So I don't feel like the training video is super accurate because I've never seen Squidward before this have, like, a dirty workplace or whatever, right? And, like, him sleeping on the toilet isn't, like, him not being clean. It's just him avoiding more work. Right, he yeah. could be on break for all we know. I think there is like definitely some higher power stuff working here. Either it's the ghost that's narrating this, or the ceiling, or whatever was making this Squidward situation <laughs> yeah. more exaggerated than it was. Mm-hmm. So, would you rather if if like SpongeBob is the best employee and Squidward gets his work done but doesn't bother people, then Patrick 
makes is a, is a good friend and is fun but isn't necessarily like effective yeah so then it's sort of like like the trifecta like the trifecta yeah ish of, of, of th- well, not really trifecta but three types of people yeah at the job like the three balance i don't i think if i want an employee i'd want a spongebob yeah. and and slowly based on the fact that if even if i didn't exploit him like mr krabs does i think i would have i have someone that yeah, it's probably really fucking annoying to be around 80% of the time, but like most of the time they're getting their work done with a hundred percent of the effort. Yeah. You know? And probably just a better person to hang around too. Like I'd want that more as a coworker too, you know? Oh, and I'd want that as a business owner. As a coworker, maybe I'd ha- probably have more fun with Patrick around, but like you do have, if you have a shitty coworker, like it makes your life so much harder. I just feel like if I had a Patrick around, I'd be frustrated that they weren't doing what they had to get done and that might possibly have to fall on me eventually to get something done right you know it might not be exactly my job but it could rest on me having the job right if it's so i don't know and then as a boss if you had three spongebobs working like i met but like that would be be unstoppable but crazy efficient (laughs) but then also because they're all into work the work is getting done which makes like a big positive feedback loop they're getting work done which makes them happy and because they're happy they get good work done yeah that sounds like a really quick way to become a fortune 500 company you know (laughs) find you some spongebobs yeah yeah and then they find more spongebobs and then they split into more spongebobs (laughs) and then Oh, that kind of fits in with our whole like SpongeBob is a reincarnated kind of thing because that's probably how SpongeBob, the original SpongeBob is what I'll call him, wants to take over the world. It's an oh, evolutionary trait, maybe. I feel, because we have a theory that SpongeBob is less of a, um, one he's a godlike creature, and two he also like is a reincarnation. So like, there's different versions of SpongeBob over time because there's episodes where they go super far in the future and super mm-hmm. far in the past and there's always a spongebob so i think it's like maybe an evolutionary thing so that, that way makes sense. the yeah. more spongebobs there are the more powerful he becomes maybe mr krabs has been capitalizing on just having spongebobs for the beginning of time we do know that he had that oh. ancient dime and stuff like that so yeah <laughs> but talking about mr krabs i kind of want to dwell into like some of the history and stuff they talk about with uh um Mr. Krabs and him owning the restaurant. Oh yeah, the we, war stuff. The war stuff and like him being like a scammer from birth, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although young Mr. Krabs was was adorable. It's cute. His little laugh, like yeah. It's yeah. like he didn't really care. He his little string on a quarter crick, which I've always wanted to try, but I've never done. I don't know if it would work. No, I don't probably know how, not. I don't anymore. know how vending machines work. <laughs> I, I think the the uh, dime the dime would definitely go all the way down, and it'd be hard to bring it back up i think because i'm sure there's some anti like bring mechanism. back up clamp the technical like, term scissors yeah <laughs> that, that just constantly snips yeah. snip 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 um but yeah definitely like the war he was like that picture of him when they show him like post-war he was like real beat up okay and, so here's my question so will you you should know this because in politics sometimes people will embellish their military backgrounds to get their uh to get their people on their side do you think that maybe he's doing that do you think he's lying that like maybe he did go to war but he was like i served on the ss diarrhea i didn't do so (laughs) maybe that's what it is do you think so he the idea is that he would have he's embellishing his military career to get telling it to the only people who currently know through through a training manual yeah 
which is a pretty deep dive. Or if he's really lying about all of that, it seems like it's a lot to string along just to put into a training manual. I that he knows Mr. Krabs, though. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you can get True. your worker to work harder, like, oh With man, this is a points. Like, yeah. I can't, and like, like, especially the country we live in now, like, I can ve- definitely imagine be like, I'm working for a veteran. Okay, this is so much better because like. I come from Arizona and Martha McSally, I remember she ran on that platform. She's like, of course I can take care of Tucson, Davis Mountain. I'm a veteran. I used to work in the Air Force. Like, and that like probably I I know in my parents' eyes are like, oh, she looks very like good yeah. to, to vote for. Even like McCain when he passed away, a lot of people are, you know, like, this is a veteran. veteran. Like, yeah. I can definitely see Mr. Krabs using that same yeah. tactic Makes to sense. get like yeah. work out of it. I'll buy it. And then if, if this Krusty Krab is a small business, then they can probably get some small business grants for being a veteran-owned small business. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. man. Oh, over, yeah. over just a regular small business. And that's probably why he keeps his employees low, so then he can uh, get all of that, not only the tax breaks, but also different grants and funding. Even if he was just like a janitor or a cook yeah, on a ship. Yeah, still counts. I don't know. I, I do like the idea. Well, I don't like the idea. I... I like the idea of a deeper backstory where he did have like a traumatic experience after the war because it makes Mr. Krabs like behavior less like it's excusable. Yeah. A little bit excusable. There's a trauma that like stems from it. Right. But I also also like the idea of Mr. Krabs just being that person. It gives him a good excuse to kick a bunch of old people out of there retirement <laughs> home and make a restaurant out of it yeah i wonder what kind of changes that they needed to be done to the physical space to probably change none. it <laughs> you probably just like well, let's put a stove in the back the stove was already Nailed there it. they already had a kitchen there yeah <laughs> but we got the Krabby patty out of it there you go. worth it what ideas will you guys be able to paint out for a big wombo lesson for this episode nice. oh, that was a good intro i like that you. one um let's see I'll go first because I made Josh go first last uh, last the last two times because I think he's finally like off of his uh I get back on it right his now. lesson probation <laughs> but uh the big wumbo lesson I had for this week was sometimes and we kind of mentioned it sometimes keeping info from people gives you a better outcome it's a little bit of a sneaky lesson this um week it's a little bit harder to execute but there are have there have been many times where sometimes just a little bit of I would say a white lie or like exclusion of information sure, like white lie is pretty solid yeah, yeah. like uh, yeah. I definitely think in the first act that Mr. Krabs like by telling them that this paint is super permanent did ensure that his other antiques would not get covered in paint um, I think it was kind of messed up to threaten them so much but I also think in the second half like the whole reason that we are so I think obsessed with the Krabby Patty is the fact that we don't know what's in it and it's supposed to be the best burger ever exists, right? So not having that like kind of gives us as viewers like a little extra out of it, you know? Like it's special to us because in our heads we're gonna imagine what this burger tastes like. And it's creating something even bigger for us than we'll ever experience. So for me, I feel like in everyday life that like there are times where you can like, you know, say a little white lie or I've done it when I'm training people where I'm just going to exclude a little bit of information. So that way they can either make the mistake. If it's not like a dire mistake, they can make it on their own and then they can learn on their own or just so that way I don't overwhelm them with so much at the beginning. So I, I do see it a lot with in my life where sometimes it's just 
nice not to let everyone know everything. Like for example, all of you were playing Crash Team Racing with me earlier. And if I told you all the secret advanced stuff way at the beginning, you would have just had too much to think about. That's just you being Yeah, we totally could have won. I like winning, so I didn't even know how to go until like <laughs> lap four, so <laughs> I did not tell you how to uh get you TNT off your head. So you that didn't was my hopping fault. at all. <laughs> this no I mentioned idea. hopping later, but either way, what I want to say is like if I had just been like, this is how you hop, this is how you do this, you can make a sharp turn doing this, you can make a wide turn doing this, like you would have not remembered all of that. Would have so. preferred an instruction manual, maybe a training video, or at least a PDF. Oh, I'll, next time <laughs> I'll send you the PDF. PDF. <laughs> all, all right, uh, Josh, what'd you get? Um, I got um, be patient because patience pays off. And I think in uh, the first act, I think being patient about like opening the paint can, not making a mess, like did it pay off for SpongeBob until Patrick like made this big like disaster of it all. Um, but I think they were patient about it. They were able to paint that house pretty well and even like thought about the process and been like, all right, I'm patient. I can take each of these items down and then paint the wall and then put them back up. Um, would have been fine. And then in the second part, I think SpongeBob was just crazy the entire time. Like he was like freaking out and kept asking over and over Itchy. and over again. And I think like sometimes when you're starting a new job, it is really exciting. It's like really fun to jump into it, but you have to be patient and like learn the rules. Pay your dues sometimes too. Yeah, pay your dues, and like like that happens like in every life situation. So I think yeah, that was kind of what I got out of that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. What about you, Will? I would say that it's not what it is about written down. It's about the relationships and the friends made along the way. Oh, nice! Oh. In the first, act, a heartwarming. I would ever try? I thought it was somewhat of a heartwarming episode because I think in the first act, if you're looking as Mr. Krabs as the storyteller rather than Patrick and SpongeBob, mm-hmm. it wasn't the thing that was written down on the paint can. It wasn't what was written on the one dollar bill. It was the the fear and sort of the the joke that he was able to play on Patrick and SpongeBob and for him that was the big payoff and for the instructional video with the mm-hmm. Krabby uh, for the Krusty Krab to make the Krabby Patty to do that for the customers is the ultimate payoff right rather yeah. than actually what's actually written down or how to do it or even the idea of poop the bigger idea is what if the customers are happy and then yeah. at the end of the day they're making money because it is capitalism that rules the day for <laughs> Mr. Krabs for Mr. Krabs definitely. That was That's good. good. Yeah. Solid lessons. Very yeah. in-depth. I wasn't really expecting that. Yeah. That was good. Out of, was good. Out of paint and how uh, to do your job. Yeah. 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 And like I was, we were talking in between that like there's so much in this episode. Like I definitely think we can watch this even again and pull even more and oh, more yeah, out of it. So everyone at home should do that as well. So what should they do once they break it down? How should they let us know? I don't know. They should uh, maybe... Do you think maybe they could message us somewhere? I think so. I think there's a couple places they can do that. Okay, before we do that, thank you, Will, for joining us. Yes, thank, thank you for you. having me. Thank somewhat, you so much. Somewhat uh, by surprise, but I'm, you did wonderful for someone who did not know they were going to be on a podcast this weekend. Well, yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. But for all you other people who maybe like maybe you want to reach out and be on the podcast or like, Josh said you've learned all these lessons and you want to share them with us. You can go to ismaniaspodcast.com or you can email us at ismaniaspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on our wonderful social media, Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, you can stalk us. Please don't, but you could. Um, you know, just get that good, that good, good Ismanias podcast <laughs> uh, life inside you. And also share it with your friends and your enemies. We are now on Spotify. If you Ooh. haven't known by the last three episodes, then I don't know what you're doing with your life. Yeah. 
but you can share with us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are sold. Because if they're sold there, let me know because we need royalties. We're not making those money. We so someone is making that money that isn't us. <laughs>